Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Feel Your Fandom Podcast. My name is Saint. And me, I'm Jim. And we want to welcome you back to the podcast. Now, uh, for all of y'all keeping track, it is coming up towards the end of summer, early of autumn as we record this. And goodness gracious, it couldn't come fast enough. It is so bloody hot these days. And I'm just looking forward to uh, putting the air conditioner that I finally got installed away and uh, moving towards some colder climates. Jim, how you doing today, man? Yeah, I don't look forward to the cold weather. You know that. I have lived everywhere in the country pretty much, but uh, I'm, I'm a Midwestern native and that's where I am now. And, and the winters tend to be awfully brutal, so I don't look forward to them as much as you do. But of course, I also haven't had the massive heat dome that you guys have been dealing with in the Pacific Northwest, so I guess I can't complain. But I have lived in Fort Lauderdale, I have lived in Vegas, I have lived in L.A., so um, heat typically doesn't bother me. But it is that humidity. It's, it's not just a dad joke. That humidity will kick you in the ass every time. It certainly does. 112 and, feels like 85 in Vegas because there's not a drop of moisture in the air. <laughs> yeah, you, and you don't sweat as much, which is weird. So, Well, that, that's the thing. You do sweat, but it goes to your clothes, and then it wicks away, and then it cools your body like it's supposed to in Vegas. And in Fort Lauderdale, where the dew point is always goddamn 100%, the moisture goes to your clothes, and it hits all this wet air and goes, I can't go anywhere. So you just walk around swampy all the time. No me gusta. <laughs> swampy balls. Okay. So... uh uh, cool little thing. I, I, I was going to tell you about this, Jim. Now I got, uh, I picked up this. Uh, it's it's a Japanese pinball machine, Japanese pinball slash slot machine. They have a thing they call pachinko over in Japan, and it's huge. And the pachinko parlors are just outstandingly loud and 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 aggressive, and just it's their one form of like gambling vice over in 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 Japan. And so I picked one up from an auction site up here that was supposed to be for parts. And I was like, ah, maybe I can fix it. Maybe I can't. It is like five bucks, six bucks, and it works. I brought the damn thing home, plugged it in, and my daughter loves it. She's throwing the balls all day yesterday, and she got two jackpots. And when you get the jackpot, the thing starts blaring, and I mean blaring very loudly, the, uh, the song Go West, as performed by the Pet Shop Boys. And just when you think it's over, it continues to go. And it goes for like 10 minutes at a time. That is so deliciously Japan weird. I mean, we've it, talked about this before. <laughs> Japan has a culture all their own that is fantastic and beautiful and wonderful and weird. And and uh, that, that that definitely tracks with what little I know about Japanese culture. It, it's it's so odd and, and a little off-putting at first because it's so loud. But then after a while, you just kind of... So you know, okay, well, I should be timing this. How long is this going to go? Oh my god, it's still going. Oh my god, and then it's just crazy. But uh, she's like begging me today. She's like, "Oh my god, can we play more? I'd like to play more. Can I play more pachinko?" It's like, "All right, all right, cool. I found a fan." So well, you, you uh, said off-putting, and uh, off-putting could be a nice segue into talking about who our guest is today. Um, <laughs> off-putting. Yeah, because I uh, I've I've been off the pudding for a while. Um, because uh, I, like a lot of people, am kind of on a uh, 
uh, weight loss journey, you know, and I'm getting older and I'm starting to really take it seriously now. So I've swapped the pudding for fat-free and sugar-free Greek yogurt. But, um, you know, I've had to learn a lot about nutrition in the last couple of months as I sort of like embark on this thing. And I'm down like 20 pounds over the last month, which is pretty rapid, but they told me it'd be pretty quick at first and then taper off and plateau and out of good weeks and bad weeks. But overall, it's going well, but it's because I've had to make those choices. But again, like I just started dipping my toe into this whole thing maybe a couple of months ago for the first time. I've worked with nutritionists before, but um, I'm really taking it seriously this time. So the, the, the gentleman that we're speaking to today has clearly forgotten more about nutrition science than I'll ever know. So I'm looking forward to uh, picking his prodigious brain about that. But um, I will leave the honors to you because uh, you managed to uh, hunt this gentleman down and, and, and somehow swindle him into appearing on our podcast. Swindle. You make it sound nefarious. That's great. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's as good an intro <clears throat> as any. Now, uh, uh, this is a gentleman who I've had the the pleasure to meet in person and uh I've seen what the guy can do, and it's it's absolutely astonishing. But uh, uh, we we were talking about how anything can be fandom. Everything is fandom, as we say. And uh, one of the things that I became a fan of a couple of years ago, watching on uh, YouTube, was uh, competitive eating competitions and, and like food challenges and things like that. Uh, and so uh, I got to watching this guy that we brought on today, and he's amazing. And we just wanted to pick his brain for a while. So without further ado. I would like to welcome to the Feel Your Fandom podcast, Atlas himself, Mr. Randy Santel. How you doing, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me on. No, good, uh, good to speak with you again. It's been a while. Absolutely. And we were just discussing before we started recording about uh, the, because I had it in my head that uh, me and Aunt Randy had met a couple of years ago and we, we tried this, uh, well, I tried, he destroyed this competition down in Portland. It was at a place called Flying Pie Pizza. And uh, really, I mean, it doesn't look daunting at first, I'm going to say, because it's like, a, you know, it's like an 18 inch pizza, whatever. But it's the amount of There's toppings. Of stuff on it. They put so much stuff on that thing. And, and a lot uh, of meat. yes, and it was delicious. It was delicious as hell. And, and, and the thing is, is like I, I've never enjoyed losing a fight that that much. But <laughs> uh, but that's where we met. And then Randy was telling me just now, uh, he's like, yeah, that wasn't two years ago, dog. That was like uh now like 2017 and it's just the years just tick by holy crap so well i knew that because i graduated uh college two years ago and i know that was towards the early parts of my uh being back at college so yeah 2017 time flies it, it certainly does and and so uh Randy, if you want, uh, just uh, for our guests' uh, edification, if you want to kind of just explain a little bit about who you are and what you do. And I mean, we read your origin story on the website, and we, we have seen you in competitions. We know all about it. So this ain't for us. But for anybody who's listening who's kind of unfamiliar with the Randy Santel empire and competitive eating as a whole, um, you know, can you give us the nickel tour of what your life and career has been like up to this point? Yeah, no, it will not be my first time, so I've got it pretty concise. But uh, yeah, my name is Randy Santel. I am a professional eater. I don't really use competitive eater just because I don't really do that many, that many eating contests, which an eating contest would be like the 4th of July hot dog contest that Joey Chestnut wins every year. Joey Chestnut! I pretty much do like man versus food from the Travel Channel. I know mm -hmm. they tried to reboot it not too long ago with another host, but I've got, uh, it's been over 11 years now. 
I started back in March 2010. And actually what got me into all this, just to save the question, I actually won a nationally sponsored body transformation contest sponsored by Men's Health Magazine. And then did you ever guys watch the show uh, Spartacus? It was on the Stars Network? Yes. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, it was a gladiator show. Yeah, back in 2010, uh, they sponsored it along with Men's Health Magazine. But I ended up winning and got flown over to Auckland, New Zealand to appear on an episode of the show. Uh, but after a week after taking my final photos, I did my very first food challenge, which was a 28-inch pizza challenge. And we got 500 bucks for winning. Wow. And along with the $50 pizza for free. But then I just kind of, everything just kind of went from there. And now I've got 1,016 food challenge wins in all 50 states and then 37 countries. So I'm actually, I just graduated again from Missouri State University in Springfield, Missouri. I graduated with a construction management uh, degree back <clears throat> in 2008. But then just this past May 2019, I graduated with a degree in dietetics. So I actually moved up to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, just in a hey. few weeks on August 12th, I start an internship with Mount Mary University so that eventually I can become a dietitian. And then thanks to all the food challenges I've been doing and all the social media I've been growing, I'm going to be the number one followed registered dietitian in the world on social media once I actually take the test to become one, which then I'll be retiring from the food challenges too. So the goal is to have wins in 50 countries. So once my internship's over and all this COVID crap's behind us, uh, Katina, my girlfriend, and I, who's also a professional leader, will be able to start traveling the world again. So looking forward to it. And I do have a question for you, Jim. Coming yeah. from Missouri, I struggle to call Wisconsin and Minnesota part of the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> really? I call, it, I call it north. Okay, and so I, yeah, I have a we definitely consider ourselves. That I get into the conversation with. I just say, yeah. oh yeah, you're a northern boy. You're not. You're not from the Midwest. Yeah, see, I've lived in Milwaukee and Minnesota, and uh, Minneapolis and Milwaukee both consider themselves very much Midwest because they sort of like have all the the trappings. Maybe not geographically so much, but you know, we have all of the characteristics of the the sort of um, you know socially repressed, awkward, um, uh, all the, the the stereotypes of the Midwesterner. Uh, they they definitely apply. Fly over state. Yeah, they definitely do. <laughs> And I mean, especially like in Minnesota, which is uh, it, it's Minneapolis is a very Minneapolis, St. Paul, the Twin Cities is a very weird region because it's one of the most isolated urban areas in the country. So they tend to be pretty insular and uh, kind of not hostile to outsiders. But uh, the joke is that Minnesota nice means that um, Minnesotans will give you directions anywhere you want to go, except for their house, because they have all the friends. they need. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, that's really fascinating because you would think that. And again, this is one of the things I want to talk to you about that that the world of, of, of uh, professional eating and the world of nutrition and diet would seem to be kind of diametrically opposed and at odds with each other because you're talking about eating things like giant pizzas. And, you know, we've all seen the food challenges online, like you mentioned, you know, the, the, the Nathan's Hot Dog Contest and Man versus Food. And we're seeing, like, Badlands Booker and Crazy Legs and Adam Richman and you and other people in this sort of, like, space tackling these giant mountains of food. <clears throat> and so I kind of wanted to, to see... Yeah, I mean, all you guys, you're just putting it away. So how do you reconcile, like, sort of, I eat for a living, but I also am working on, like, nutrition and diet? Because there's there's conflicting theories about all that stuff, and I kind of want to hear your take on it. 
Well, this is one of the big things is that uh, there really is no registered dietitians that have any kind of following on social media. So if you, you ask, oh, who are the most followed registered dietitians and nobody can really nobody can really speak about any. Most people get their nutrition information from fitness oriented people on either social media or, or books or anything like that or else just from specialists who aren't actual registered dietitians. And uh, one of the problems is, is dietitians are mostly posting about kale and vegetables and and stuff like that and people don't really enjoy following that crap so i mean if you if you look at a a, a dietitian's instagram page i would say probably half of their followers are other dietitians so that's that's one of the <laughs> things is is dietitians follow other dietitians and not too many people follow actual dietitians uh so yeah that's and that that's one of the that's not a good thing that once I become a dietitian I'll be the number one followed in the world. So that uh, that'll be one of the goals is to to help give other dietitians a, a helping hand so that we can get more dietitians giving out uh, solid nutrition information uh, online for people to follow because most people nowadays they don't want to read a book or or do anything too time consuming they just want to watch a few videos or or listen to a podcast or something and figure out what they need to do to solve their problems. Right. And, and, and we kind of have the attention span of goldfish anyway, these days. And huh? so little, little I'm time. Sure I wasn't listening. What'd you say? Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's kind of an interesting take on it because as you said, most of the uh, dietitians online are already doing like the whole, Oh, well, if you just eat kale or if you just do this, it's less of a real world scenario. And I think that kind of gives you an it's edge. It's not stuff that people can realistically follow. Right. right. But it gives you an edge because I mean, you're a guy that, you know, can sit down and 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 eat like 8,000 tacos or whatever it is, but you also know how to bounce back from that. You have the experience on which to, how to train your body to deal with, not, you don't have, it doesn't have to be uh, alarming uh, calorie content, but just regular calorie content even. You know, you have a bit more of a place where you could talk to like the common man who's not out there just swigging kale smoothies and... Yeah, to, to add to that is, is one of the goals with all this is to become more relatable to people because with dietitians, like 94% are women. So uh, when we do our national uh, dietetics conventions with like 11, 12,000 dietitians, uh, the men don't even really get a bathroom in the, in the major areas. <laughs> they, they take the men's bathroom over and, and put a woman's side on it, and we get the one-in-one-out family bathrooms. It's, it's that it's that overloaded. It's pretty crazy. And so by being a male and uh, with all my food and everything like that, I'll be more relatable uh, for people to seek out and actually want to uh, have more of a, a ability to, to listen and actually kind of take it for, for what I actually say without much doubt or anything like that. Because I think there'd be like two schools of thought about it. Like somebody could look at you and think, well, this guy ate a pizza that was bigger than, than a flying saucer, but he's still in fantastic shape and he wants to talk to me about nutrition. So some people would say, what the hell does he know if he's eating 87 tacos? He's going to talk to me about what I should eat. But if anybody actually looks at you and thinks, hey, this guy, you know, won a, you know, or, or he took on an eating challenge and crushed it, but look at what kind of shape he's in. Maybe he might know a thing or two about food science. Yeah, it's it's mostly about, uh, and I have, I don't, I wish I had more uh, experience with sales. But uh, what, I, what I'm going to be doing is, is kind of with sales, and it's more about trying to find the open-minded people. I mean, there's always going to be the closed-minded people that, uh, oh, he's eating a five-pound burger. I'm not going to freaking listen to him. Well, I mean, that's, 
that that won't be my my clientele. My goal is not to reach that person. He can go elsewhere. Well, okay. So let's talk a little bit about, like you said, you started this journey about eleven years ago with the competitive, or not competitive eating. I'm sorry, the uh, the the food challenges that you. Did. Oh, you're good. I mean, pretty much everybody knows it as that. Okay. So, uh, and, and you said uh, you've got what was it, a thousand seventeen, a thousand sixteen victories. Thousand sixteen. Yeah, I'll be going for a one thousand seventeen tomorrow. Uh, my girlfriend and I are flying to Knoxville, Tennessee. We're going to do a uh, like fourteen pound burger challenge in Sevierville. Is that tag oh, team so you battle? Can take or? that on together. It'll be a tag team, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and it's and it says fourteen pounds, but it's not really a legitimate fourteen pounds. Is that pre cooked uh, weight is, on that burger? <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like an eight pound pre cooked patty, and then some of it is vegetables, some of it is sauce, and all that. So between the two of us, we should be able to get it. They've had like 400 teams tried, but like 11 teams have won. And uh, not this is sounding arrogant, but I've seen the pictures of the some of the 11 teams that have won. And if they can do it, Katina <laughs> and I better be able to do it. No, and see, and this, this, it's not arrogance. I wouldn't say it's experience. I mean, you're you're well over what most people would consider, uh, even as far as, uh, you know, Adam Richman or, or things like that, um, you have taken down an inordinate amount of challenges. And, and uh, I, I suffice it to say, you probably have your share of losses as well. But I think if anyone's going to have a handle on just eyeballing up and squaring up with a plate and going, okay, yeah, that's, that's doable, it's going to be you, man. Yeah, suffice yeah. it to say, Muhammad Ali said it ain't bragging if it's true. So what do you say to somebody who's looking at you thinking, okay, you're a big dude, you're in shape, clearly you've done this before, but how how as a human being do you process going into a challenge <laughs> and possibly consuming seven pounds of food in a single setting? What's, I mean, physically and mindset-wise, how do you prepare for something like that? Well, it's definitely a genetic thing. It's kind of like weightlifting. There's some people that can <clears throat> easily get to the point where they can bench 315, and there's some people that will never hit 225 no matter how much they work so uh actually my website foodchallenges.com so I, back in like 2014 2015 i wrote over 100 articles to help people through all the process of uh when before you begin is our motto or slogan and with right. that is three words train strategize dominate and so by training you physically train get your stomach ready to fit all that you have to eat Obviously, Mr. Saints didn't win before he began his pizza challenge. No. Uh, he did win back in the day. But, uh, yeah, and there's like 40 different types of food challenges, and you wouldn't approach a hot dog challenge the same way you'd approach a steak challenge. So each one's going to have a different strategy. So you kind of got to figure out how you're going to approach and attack the actual challenge. Uh, you got to base it off the time limit, how much time you have left. There's a whole lot to it that not really that many people understand. But yeah, once you train and have the right strategy, you'll be more confident that you can dominate. Because I mean, just like that that cliche saying goes, whether you think you can or can't, you're right. So it's yeah. good to, to make sure you're ready. I know just like tomorrow, I'm talking about that big burger, we're having to get up at like 4.30 or 5 to go to the airport and then we're gonna be flying and stuff like that. So there's kind of some variables that are against us. We're just gonna have to hope that our bodies are feeling ready to go and hungry so that we can actually finish it tomorrow a few hours after we get off the plane yeah i wanted to ask you this back when uh we met back in 2017 too but uh what 
kind of what is the aftermath of doing something like this now uh one of the the things is is you put away an inordinate amount of not just calories but just the bulk the weight of the of the food itself and and what kind of i mean does it wreck you for a day or two afterwards i've noticed that you've done a couple not necessarily back to back but like within a short time frame of each other and just how does that affect you after that it really just kind of always depends on the food, uh, a whole lot of variables, uh, what my weight is at the time. Like right now, my weight's very big. My girlfriend and I were doing like a, a seven day trip, like seven or eight food challenges. And then I'm going to be off for 15 weeks to lose about 100 pounds. So I am definitely looking forward to that. Uh, I hurt my knee like a month ago. And so I haven't been able to and I, my knee's fine, but I I tripped and fell on a metal bar. So I had to get like Oof. five deep stitches and 16 on the outside. And so I'm finally just able to ride again. So and with that, it kind of depends on how much exercise you're doing and how, how the body's feeling. So I've been doing this like 11 years now. My body's pretty good at digesting everything. I know before I do any food challenge, I take two doses of uh, probiotics, no, not probiotics, uh, digestive enzymes. So those kind of help with the after. Like after a big like Thanksgiving meal or something like that, your body feels full. It's just because all your energy is going towards digesting the food. Sometimes I have to drive three or four hours to the next location after a challenge because when I'm on my tours, it's most economical to do one every day. I don't really do the two-a-days. I used to do two-a-days. I know yeah. uh, actually back when I was in Seattle, uh, back like, oh, I was really young and dumb. I would say maybe 2011 or 2012, I did seven events in three days and went out drinking both Friday and Saturday with my buddies. Uh, I can't, I can't do, I can't do all that anymore. I think the and dumbest so thing I ever did was, was I was at a bachelor party and there's a, a, a restaurant up here uh, in Milwaukee called prime quarter. And it's one of those oh, yeah. your own steak places. Yeah. And they have a, I think it's a uh, what is it? A 72 ounce porterhouse. I think they have the beef eater challenge. And a lot of um, yeah, back when I used to, I, I, I would, again, like even saying I used to do eating challenges in front of somebody who does it like professionally um, is, <laughs> is a silly thing to say. That's like, you know, rocking up to uh, Dave Grohl and saying, yeah, I play some drums. Um, but uh, I used to, back in the day, do it. The dumbest thing I ever did was I, I had the Beef Eater Challenge with 72-ounce steak. I was at a bachelor party. I was trying to pee highest on the tree of all the guys that were there. And it was the, the steak <laughs> plus a piece of Texas toast, stripped to the salad bar, and a baked potato. And if you got that all down in half an hour, then you got a medallion to be able to come back and trade in on your next visit for a free 16-ounce steak dinner with all the trimmings, too. So I did the steak, two pieces of Texas toast, two baked potatoes, two trips to the salad bar, and then ate the steak. And then when I got the medallion, I said, uh, if I go out in the parking lot and come back, because that kind of was a second visit? And the server was like, yeah, sure, I guess so. Nobody's ever done that before. Like, that's all the more reason to do it. Went out, came back in, spent five minutes in the parking lot, and ate that second 16-ounce steak dinner with all the stuff alongside of it. Did you get sick and I was, in the parking lot? I was suffering for like three days. Um, I would have fucked. But that's Did like you get that sick in the parking lot, or you just went out so you could come back in. I, I just, I, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't get sick in the parking lot. I just went out there and huh. kind of leaned on my knees for a minute. I thought, what the hell are you doing? And then I went back in. But I was like 25. So yeah, no, no uh, <laughs> Roman vomitorium stuff here. Um, but that Good brings me to the question that, that I wanted to ask you. Well, a couple that I wanted. I, as soon as I knew you were coming on, I just started doing all this looking up stuff, and I have all these questions. I'll try to keep it down though but um your website says you've done challenges in 50 states and uh 37 countries and i'm just wondering like i know this is like asking to pick your favorite kid but like if you could break down like a top five of where they were what you ate um like favorite challenges 
Before I do that, I'm going to complete my last thought. So, oh yeah, uh, sorry. Not only about the calories, we're talking about recovering, which I do have recovering articles on foodchallenges.com too, though. But it's not always about the calories. A lot of it is salt. Yeah. So some of the challenges I do have like grams and grams of salt. So I'll drink like eight cups maybe of water and soda and stuff during my challenges, but I still won't pee for a few hours just because there's so much salt uh, in yeah. a challenge. So with that, there's sometimes where you can wake up like 15 pounds heavier than the night before. Uh, just retaining all that water? The, the water retention, the yeah. food and, and all that. And, and people act like, oh, if you eat a 72 ounce steak, you're going to have a 72 ounce uh, bathroom break the next day. And, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that, but yeah, a lot of is, is, is a lot of recovery is what all part of the challenge. Like, I mean, I've done a, a six pound cookie before that sucks. No, it's that's just, a lot. It's a, I imagine it's dry after a while. That's just... a very, that's a very rough afterwards, just all the sugar and stuff. Ooh, uh, yeah. Like I just did 16 uh, servings of gelato and 68 bonbons, like chocolates and stuff. I saw the that pictures a, that, from that. That was a rough 24 hours, too. Do you get wow. jittery then, uh, and shaky in, in it and everything like that? Or does it like, uh, say it again? Crank, do, do you get like jittery and, and, and does it crank you, know you what? up? I think my or? body is a little bit more adapted to it. Um, than I think it used to be. I don't, I don't crash as hard as I did when I was younger. Uh, I guess my, my pancreas is caught up to, to knowing <laughs> when it needs to really feed me some insulin and stuff. But um, let's see. Oh, there, oh, there was another one. Uh, I did like a, a, there was like four pounds of cheese. Damn! Uh, on this like Italian, like loaded up pizza challenge in Youngstown, Ohio that uh, really had my body struggling too so my body can usually handle it uh but every now and then it's it's rough well yeah. four pounds of cheese on a pizza that's called the uh the milwaukee light cheese so when you get here you'll be used to that. <laughs> i do enjoy cheese curds there's some restaurants around milwaukee with some fire cheese curds that's for sure yeah yeah there definitely are so but yeah back to back to the yeah. new conversation uh my favorite country that i've been to so far uh, is actually my least favorite for food challenges. And I do want to oh, go wow. back just so I can do some better food challenges. Uh, but Greece, Greece mm. is awesome. Greece has amazing normal people, real Greek food. Uh, yeah. The three food challenges I tried, all three went terrible. Uh, and actually my worst tasting food challenge I've ever done in my whole life uh, is the one that I won in Greece. So that's kind of the funny part of it. Hmm. What were they having you eat? Uh, well, the, the thing was, was that it was going to be a Team Euro challenge. And we were going to show yeah. off like delicious Greek food. And, and it was going to be us versus our two Greek friends that we were meeting up with. Uh, my friend Magic Mitch and I, who was the editor, uh, the main editor from 2013, just until a couple months ago. But uh, we were going to do this massive, delicious Euro challenge. And then like two days before, the owner uh, let our buddy Damos know that he was going to switch it to a burger. And we're like, what? We're flying all the way to Greece so we can eat a burger. That's that's real fun. And so they made this way too dense, really heavy bun. And then they filled it with these like frozen burger patties. And then they put uh, coleslaw, French fries, and like 11 different sauces. It was terrible. Yeah, I, and, and none of them spoke uh, English. Uh, and then... Um, and my, my buddy Damos was just kind of just letting them do their thing. I went into like a back alley and just started 
cussing and just ranting all to myself because uh, I knew it would do no good to, to talk because nobody could understand me. And uh, uh, I tried to be nice in the video, but you could tell that I wasn't really excited to be doing it. Well, I'll be bummed out if I flew all the way to Greece for some gyros and then there was a burger on the menu. I mean, yeah, I did I, this two, is... bur two burgers and a uh, and a and a loaded uh, specialty pancakes. I love Greek food so much. I went to the Greek food festival in uh, Las Vegas and I had everything on the menu. They had dolmatis, pastizo, and gyros and and spanakopita. Oh, uh, it was amazing. I got food poisoning. And I liked it so much, I went back the next day and ate it again anyway. And there are things I got food poisoning <laughs> from like 20 years ago. I still can't eat to this day. I've only but got Greek food poisoning food once, and it was a uh, – some restaurants just have no experience cooking stuff. So you really can't get right. that mad at them. And then uh, the number one news show uh, in Madrid, Spain, was coming to, to film me and, and cover me doing this challenge. It was a 7-pound, 3.2-kilo beef patty, and uh, the chefs didn't really know what they were doing. So, oh. like – Th like four pounds of the seven pounds was raw. Mm. So, so I, I thankfully they uh, they let me put all the really raw pieces on a tray and they basically took it back to stir fry. But there was still a good amount of raw meat that I was eating, and uh, yeah, I was sick for a couple days and and I still had all these food challenges on my schedule, so I was like up sick, throwing up at night still trying to do the food challenges during the day. So <laughs> that's, it, that's it the, wasn't a fun period. That's a professional eater uh, equivalent of like playing hurt, I think. They just, you know, they but get if just I was, if, if I would have lost on the TV show, all of Madrid, Spain would have thought this American is just one big pansy. So, I mean, <laughs> if I had to do it all over again, I would, I would do it over. I would, I would knowingly get the food poisoning because if I would have lost, nobody would have blamed it on the restaurant. They would have said, "Oh, rant, oh, this this American bloke is a is a he, is a pansy. He can't so hang." I, I had I had to man up and do it for America. I would do it all over again for sure. America, fuck yeah. Oh, we appreciate That's, you. Uh, the ego is team. strong with this one sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Playing yeah, hurt. We appreciate you taking that bullet for us. So uh, now I've noticed that uh, the majority of your challenges, if not all, are are primarily uh, the bulk eating uh, type challenges. And I know a large part of what Man vs. Food used to do, I, and I used to watch that show uh, pretty religiously back in the day, uh, they also did a bunch of spice-type challenges. Uh, have you ever uh, done very many of the spice challenges where it's not super bulky, but it's it's uh, spicy? And if not, why why is it your focus on just the bulk challenge? Well, I know that's a very good question. I know uh, Adam Richman didn't. I mean, it's not a it's not a, a criti criticizing to him, but he didn't have a massive like eight pound capacity or anything. No, anything, he certainly over, did anything not. over six pounds, he, he wasn't really able to do. Uh, but but he's very mentally tough as far as with the spice. The only spicy challenge I think he lost was that place down in uh, Munchies 420 that really screwed him over. Uh, and 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 they even told him I think afterwards that they added way more spice than they actually usually do and should have. Mm. Uh, so it was very stupid of them to do that. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of uh, Adam, I think between the four seasons or whatever it was, he's got like 37 wins. And I think like probably 10 or 12 of them are from spicy foods. Uh, I've done a couple spicy ones. I don't really do anything hotter than ghost peppers. I have no desire to try um, Carolina Reaper. Uh, mm. I've never, no, I've never eaten anything Carolina Reaper other than, that one chip packy challenge, which yeah, that's yeah. not 
that's not legitimate Carolina Reaper. Um, I thought the one chip challenge was rather easy. No, uh, it wasn't I thought, bad. I've I thought, tried it. I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to be out for like a day, just uh, sick with my stomach hurting. But uh, the, the one of the big things was back in 2011 or 2012, I did a like 10 wing challenge in O'Fallon, Missouri, near my family's house in St. Peter's, Missouri, the St. Louis area. And it was covered with Trinidad Maruga scorpion pepper sauce. And it took me like uh, two and a half minutes to eat the wings. It took me about two and a half hours to be able to to get it all thrown up and, and get out of the bathroom. <laughs> my, I had rashes on my face. Uh, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. And I, I still... I still think that I'm probably a little mentally scarred uh, from that. I, that's why I have no desire. Like you see these idiots doing, and some of those idiots are my buddies, uh, doing like uh, Carolina Reaper pepper contests and stuff like that. You will never see me. If you ever see me doing something like that, I probably got six or 7,000 bucks to do it. And, uh, and I don't think that anybody's going to pay somebody to do something like that. Yeah, I don't mess with the hot. That's the other thing much, too but... is, is those really spicy things. Yeah, uh, they're not good for monetization. So there's some there's some eating challenge channels. There's some eating challenge channels that uh, like Ellie Beast. Have you ever watched Ellie Beast? I've watched a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them uh, reckless eating, uh, dude. Where's my challenge? A lot of those people that have just focused on just to call it because it really is stupid stuff. Yeah. Like uh, freaking eating nonsense that nobody should put in their mouth just to get a lot of views and stuff. A lot of those uh, a couple of years ago when YouTube started to crack down, a lot of those people got their videos demonetized. Hmm. Like any videos with a bunch of puking in them, anything that's just not advertiser friendly, uh, all those, they lost their monetization. So that's like uh, in China, my buddy and I really wanted to do a, a beer challenge. It's the only beer challenge I've ever heard of uh, to drink. Uh, are either of you guys heavyweight beer drinkers? I can be. I'm a, I'm a yeah. Milwaukee. I, <laughs> I, I, used, I used to try, and you guys tell me if you think you can do this, but uh, 12 uh, half-liter beers, 500-milliliter beers in two hours. Okay, see, whereas the four pounds of cheese on a, on a pizza is, is the Milwaukee light, that's like Tuesday morning in milwaukee you can knock that out no problem you're gonna spend some time at mount mary you're gonna to come to milwaukee for some sort of post-grad work then yeah you're, you're gonna see people putting away alarming amounts of booze i think i was just talking to a friend the other day and i pulled up uh usa today has this famous list of the 20 drunkest cities in the country and 12 of them are in wisconsin so you'll run up I against a lot of that it. when you're here what yeah. is that it's a, it's a basically a gallon and a half yeah a see, gallon and, and a half of beer in two hours and you are allowed to pee, but the server follows you to the bathroom and you have to sing the whole time. <laughs> so no no purging to get that extra half a like half gallon in towards the end of the show. Yeah, but we were in China and have you ever been to China? No, no. not yet. China's one of those countries where uh, like in Japan, uh, most people are speaking Japan, but you can use Uber. Uh, Uber. In China, everything is Chinese. So if you don't know Chinese, you are screwed. And so I, I was with my buddy who knows Chinese, but we didn't have a babysitter. And so we didn't really want to go to a Chinese jail because neither of us knew how to get <laughs> home to our, our Airbnb or anything like that. So we ended up backing out. Yeah, I think and it's funny because the uh, 
I have one event that I talk about now. Jim and I are both musicians, and uh, one of the uh, the things that uh, I, I one of my stories that I I wax fo- mentally happy about was I had a gig up here where uh, we show up to the gig early, and they're like, "Oh well, you know, since you're here, while the sports game's on TV, all our pitchers are five bucks." And so, and we're talking like the the big pitchers, not like the little baby wussy pitchers. The Milwaukee medium, in other words. Right, exactly that. Yeah. And so uh, I'm like, five bucks, shit, give me two of them. And so I ordered those for myself. I didn't share with anyone else because I'm greedy like that. And uh, this this was at a place called the Backstage Bar and Grill in Tacoma, and uh, and and it's. It's funny because the gentleman that I came to Flying Pie with was my old bass player. And uh, we had both... This was the first time I'd ever done a food challenge. And and at the Backstage Bar and Grill, they had a food challenge. They called it the Tommy Dog. And I'll let you understand why when they they explain that it's based off of Tommy uh, Lee from Motley Crue. Mm -hmm. It is a two and a half foot... Polish sausage uh, in a toasted Kaiser roll covered with like two pounds of chili and then served with like uh, it was like two pounds or three pounds of tater tots and I was drunk off my ass and we decided hey fuck it we're gonna go we're gonna both try this and see how it goes and let me tell you it did not go well um, because I had I had a lot of beer on board that night so (laughs) Uh, it didn't go well, but I mean, it was fun, and and that's kind of why uh, when I said that I was coming down to meet you, uh, my bass player jumped on the board with that. And he's like, "Yeah, we're both gonna go because you know I want to see if we can hang with this guy," and he couldn't hang either. So he got <laughs> he got closer than I did. But what's my that? favorite sausage challenge was was at Gasthofs uh, Gasthofs in uh, Minneapolis. They have a three meter bratwurst. Oh, the bratwurst that was on Meat versus Food, yeah. Yeah, back in my eating days, I took that down because you got to eat that plus two sides in I think uh, forty-five minutes or whatever. So that was that was one of the few that I managed to actually get down. But um, what's your favorite yeah. German restaurant in Milwaukee? Uh, Mater's. Uh, it's going to be it? on Old World Third Street across. Well, you, you, if you've been here, you know where I've it is. I've been. Yeah, it's that's that's uh, Carl Ratches. I don't know. I, I thought I heard a rumor they might have closed over COVID, but I uh, went as part of a. Uh, my mom and dad actually, it was crazy coincidence. They happened to be part of a bus tour. And so I went with them and we all went to Mater's, but we, I didn't really get the full experience because you either had to go with salmon. Uh, you had basically three options. And so I didn't get to like sit in the beer garden or anything like that, but eventually Katina and I are going to go. And this is going to complete my last thought, but the other thing with spicy <laughs> challenges is they ruin your body. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I, I do a food challenge for pretty much every day. And so if I did a spicy challenge, uh, and I don't willingly, I don't eat stuff knowing that I'm willingly going to throw it up after. I pretty much digest it all, which is why my body weight's so big right now. But, I mean, your your stomach is like a chemistry experiment after eating yeah. ghost peppers or, or anything like that. The body's not meant to digest that. So, I mean, I would pretty much have to take a whole day off in order to do spicy challenges. And with the low monetization and then uh, having to take them off and then they're just not fun. Like I like I'll I'll spend like three hours at my events before and after meeting and greeting with people. You really can't do that with a spicy food challenge. No, because you got to yeah, go right to the imagine. damn bathroom. I can't eat ten ghost pepper wings and then just start taking photos with people. 
<laughs> I mean, capsaicin is a chemical weapon. That's why they aerialize it and put it in a little spray thing and keep on your keychain. Uh, so I, you know, if it's if it's going to irritate your mucous membranes on the outside of your body, I can't even imagine what it, how bad it must tear up the inside. Yeah, like the the cramps. Have you ever have you ever eaten anything really spicy? Um, yeah, some things. The capsaicin uh, cramps, they call them, or whatever yeah. like that. Yeah, the, the biggest cramps I ever, my, my friend Wyatt and I, uh, when we were in, we used to do some eating challenges when we were in uh, Minneapolis. And even when we weren't necessarily doing a sanctioned or an advertised eating challenge, we were still kind of doing them. Like we used to uh, go to this place called Groveland Tap and have the Milwaukee style fish fry because it was the only one I could find in the Twin Cities. And we were eating like 18 baskets of fish or we'd go to uh, Foco de Chao and we would just was not, you know, we weren't trying to out eat each other, but we kind of were a little competitive across the table. And, we'd, yeah. you know, give ourselves the meat sweats, just gorging ourselves on uh, <laughs> on the stuff the guys were roaming the the, the dining room with skewers uh it's fantastic stuff yeah no i uh, i i don't mess around with the spicy too much anymore uh i when i used to run i used to do a youtube cooking channel um and uh i one of the things that i created for the channel was uh we got a farm up here called johnson berry farms and they they made a raspberry carolina reaper jam which is hot as sin as you might imagine but very delicious and well, the so, jam cuts it down a little bit, though, right? It does, and then I I used it to make a barbecue sauce. And so what happens is, is uh, I used uh, brown sugar and bourbon to kind of cut it down a bit further. And so it's really got like it's got the front end hit, like it'll hit you, but then it tapers super super quick, and, and so you're able to eat more of it than than anything else. And I didn't do it to be like spice challenge hot or anything. I just I thought, hey, this is this is really tasty. It's a bit zingy, and I'd like to see what it can do on ribs. And so, gotcha. uh, that's the, really the only time I've messed around with uh, the, the the old uh, Carolina Reaper. They're they're kind of unforgiving. Yeah, like those people that willingly buy the stuff from Hot Ones and all that. I don't. That's not me. Yeah, they you had a, you. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, you go ahead. Sorry. I was I'm just going to say an, another one that I don't mess with is uh, Thai chilies. Those little tiny Thai chilies are, yeah, are, they're very delicious. They're fresh tasting, but if you use too many of them, they add up. And uh, I made a mistake at one point, and I was cooking something in a in a slow cooker, and you know, I'm like, oh, I've never messed with these before. They smell great, they taste great, they're small, so they can't be too bad, right? And I put like an entire little pint of them in uh, this food I was making, and it was, it was like eating lava. I mean, like yeah. I legit, I legit threw it away, and uh, when I remade it, I remade it again, but I only used like three, and okay. it was still super spicy. And it's like, all right, so Thai chilies also don't mess with those there; they'll gang up on you and beat you and steal your wallet. So, <laughs> no mercy. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said you and Katina are gearing up for an entire week of challenges, starting with the Knoxville Burger Challenge tomorrow. Um, what do you got on your schedule, and what is it you're most looking forward to on this particular uh, leg of your, your journey here? Ooh, let's see. We got some good variety. There's uh, We're basically uh, – we. I, I have a team that sets up events for me and stuff like that, and the reason we're doing this trip is because we booked some events in some places before COVID happened. And then mm -hmm. obviously that kind of canceled our plans, but now they're open and ready to do events. So we're wanting to get them done before I start my internship because I'll pretty much won't be able to travel from August 12th until mid-May when my internship's over. So we're going there just to try to knock all these out while we can. But we're going to do uh, two in Eastern Tennessee, three in Virginia, 
and then one in on the uh, the New Jersey side of Philadelphia in Delran, it's called a uh, place called Crab Du Jour. It's a it's kind of a chain, uh, but each of them are, are franchisees. <laughs> and then we're gonna do one more. We're trying to get Katina's never had like a, a real uh, Philly cheesesteak, so oh. we're trying we're trying to find one in Philly to do a an actual Philly cheesesteak challenge. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I love pizza. Pizza's always fun. I'm really excited. Katina and I have never done a, a team burger challenge, so that'll be our first time. There'll be two seafood challenges. I love seafood, but I hate cracking. Yeah, it's so a lot of work. I, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, it's not worth it to me. Uh, I'm like, I'll eat king crab legs and stuff like that, but but snow crab and and even peel and eat shrimp. I don't, I don't enjoy all that. So... Um, I would say I'm looking forward to the views that, uh, that seafood typically can get, but not all, not all the work to actually get the food. Yeah. yeah it's, funny it's definitely an effort. Yeah. I had a, a, a joke about that at one point because me and my, uh, my ex-wife now at one point had uh, celebrated one of our anniversaries at a, at a very fancy seafood restaurant and I got the crab and it was so much work to get just a minimal amount of meat out of that crab by the end of dinner, yeah. I was still hungry. And it's like, this is well, not only hungry, you're frustrated. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I won a, uh, my, my team won an oyster contest and we each got like 12 free, like crab leg dinners. And so wow. I would, I'd have to go like every like two months because it would take me two months to, to get over my frustration of how long <laughs> the meal took. Uh, no, I, get I would it. just order two meals at a time finally just get all my get it all done and it's one thing because you're like oh wow that this is awesome i'm eating an expensive meal for free but at the other side like oh i would have much more fun just uh going to a freaking cc's 5.99 pizza buffet <laughs> why well, don't have to do all this work yeah now, i would no, imagine sure. that if, especially if it's, a, if it's a seafood challenge that's a timed challenge and you got to wrestle with shells uh yep. and a couple of might be difficult that's got to that's got to pile on the, the irritation if you're trying to tackle something on a clock Yep. Yeah, it, it really it really makes you think about your strategy. So yeah. you got to you got to make sure to get it all done in, in the time limit. So what uh, now, now one of the things that I tell people about, like they ask about the flying pie challenge and then they say, well, why couldn't you do more? And and I tried to explain to them, it's like it's like it wasn't capacity. Like for sure, I could have taken on more. But at that point, I've never eaten so fast and so um constantly consistently uh, and, and my downfall for me was my jaw just started hurting from yep. all the chewing and it was just too much and uh yeah i remember that i remember there being quite a bit of crust on that pizza it but i mean the thing is and i tell people i'm like it was delicious it was absolutely fantastic the toppings were all delicious the pizza was was fantastic I the jaw is the strongest muscle in the body so if your jaw is given out you, randy's right that's well, got to be a hell of a lot of bulk well, and, and the thing yeah, is, like is he's got the practice. Steak. I mean, that sucks too. <laughs> yeah, choo 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 choo. <laughs> yeah, like eating shoe leather at that point. But I mean, I've never, I've never done anything quite like that again. And and I think it's because in a large part of it, your muscles just, your jaw muscles, just like any other muscle in your body, it requires work and effort and and training to to do the kind of things that you do because you make it look so effortless when you do these challenges and and I I used to chew a lot of gum and and stuff like that for jaw Juicy fruit is gonna move ya 
That makes sense. I picture one of those little like handspring exercise things, just clenching your teeth. You know, you're sort of just like working that jaw a little bit. Or you just got to come up to Milwaukee and eat tons of pretzels. Ah, <laughs> uh, I got some recommendations for you if you want them. Um, but that I, I do love pretzels. I, I wondered something else. I, I am I am a super taster, which apparently is uh, something I didn't recognize until later in life. Um, so that? I tend to uh, oh a super taster. I, I I was told by a doctor once when. Uh, I was eating some dark chocolate and picked out some weird aromatic stuff in the dark chocolate that uh, that uh, she said, well, I've, I've been to the places where these they make these chocolates and you're picking out things in the, like I, I thought one had a citrus flavor and one had like a mocha flavor and one was sort of like hazelnut flavor. And she's like, I, I tour the world and I go to these places to make sure that the chocolate I'm, I'm serving is fair trade and, and single source and high quality. And the one you thought tasted like uh, citrus was across the river from an orange grove. The one you thought tasted like hazelnut shares a reservoir with the hazelnut farm. And the one you thought tasted like mocha they grow coffee beans the other half of the year in that soil in that country so i was kind of blown away by that um and she just said you're a super taster you've got a higher concentration of taste buds in your mouth than most people do and so you're probably really addicted to glutamates and you love certain foods like mushrooms and and uh and sushi i'm like yeah yeah i definitely do so for me like a lot of eating challenges um i would think are about speed they're about bulk they're about taking on like some comically large food but uh somebody like me who's kind of come from a flavor perspective I'm wondering, what, what's the maybe one or two challenges that you sat down thinking, well, let's just get through this, you know, let's just power through this, but <clears throat> that kind of surprised you with actually how good they were when you actually got into them and you thought, oh, maybe this will be easier because it's actually, it's not about just a, a giant piece of food or a giant spread of food. This actually tastes good, so I'm going to like it more. Ooh, let's see. Well, first of all, anything over six pounds. Uh, you're probably going to get tired of whatever the hell it is. Uh, by the end of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's been challenges where I've enjoyed every last bite. Uh, I mean, I love brown, I love sausage gravy. So, yeah. so any, anything with sausage gravy, um, like I just did an omelet uh, in Joplin, Missouri, where the place tried to screw me. It was about two or three pounds bigger than, than my buddies when he beat it. And uh, some of the other pictures I've seen. But there was just, it was all just smothered with gravy and stuff like that. So I was like so mad that they tried to screw me and make it that much bigger on me. But also at the same time, I was like, oh, this is so good. I can't even be <laughs> mad. I can't even be negative about it. Um, but uh, anything cheesy, uh, actually down in Chicago, there's a place called Cheesy's uh, Pub and Grub. I think it is. There's used to be a couple locations. I think they're down to like two now. But it was like an eight pound grilled cheese sandwich, five wow. different layers. Oh, so geez. I wasn't I wasn't really sure if I was going to like that, but I, it's one of my top like five best tasting food challenges ever. Uh, anything chicken parmesan. I love chicken parmesan. Um, a lot of it, though, I'm so focused on what I've got to say and uh, this and that and, and sponsors uh, and all that for the video. A lot of it is more focused on all the people there and, and entertaining and, and all that rather than actually focused on enjoying the food. I mean, because eating is not about chewing. It's about swallowing. Yeah. So you only chew so you can get the food to the point where you can swallow it. So um, like, like people talk about how, oh, he ate fast. Well, he didn't really eat fast. He swallowed, swallowed fast. Like Molly Schuyler, one of the best eaters in the, in the world, she can if it's in her mouth she can swallow it it's nuts so like i think I i've seen some of her reflex and stuff like that yeah i've seen some of her videos she's insane and yeah then, uh, yeah she's got the top three times on that famous 72 ounce steak challenge 
down in uh, Amarillo, Texas. The and big all Texan. three of them were filmed back to back to back. Jesus Christ. And that was one of the things I've always wanted to try, but I know for sure 100% I will fail miserably at, uh, is I've always wanted to, I mean, because I used to drive through Texas all the time as a kid. And you yeah, always I've been through Amarillo a couple of times. I've seen the sign. I've thought about stopping because of the prime quarter experience, yeah. but that wasn't a pleasant experience. No, but I, I, I know I want to, but I know for sure I'm going to end up paying for it. So, <laughs> like literally and physically, so... Um, now, that's interesting. You said something about like when, when Adam Richmond took on the spice challenge, they spiced it up way more. When, when you took the omelet challenge in Joplin, they threw a couple extra dozen eggs in it. Um, when you set up these events, when you work with your team, restaurants uh, always throw the cheap shit in there. Uh, <laughs> uh, extra <laughs> French fries or hash browns, the cheap stuff, the, the filler. filler. What, do you, yeah. what do you think the or impetus bread. is when they, when they see you coming, when they know you're coming, do they think, Oh, you know, if it's a competition between this professional eater who kills all these challenges and our restaurant, we're going to definitely fuck with him and give him a little bit extra because we want to actually win this as opposed to this person who, who crosses these challenges. Do you think that has something to do with it? You know, the biggest problem we have is, uh, is when I do uh, free challenges. Like uh, we have so much social media and stuff and I have a team yeah. that sets up my events and we contact restaurants to see who's interested in having me and stuff like that. There are some fees sometimes with all that, but every now and then I'll just want to fill my schedule and, and book some existing challenges that I already know about. Most of the restaurants that have food challenges, they really don't care about their food challenge. They just have it. So they don't, they don't really care if I come and try it or, or if I don't try it or, or anything like that. So it's usually those kinds of restaurants that really just don't give a damn that they'll just try to try to, I guess, kind of make themselves feel cool being able to say, Oh, I beat Randy Santel with our challenge or whatever. And they'll, they'll be the ones to, to add to it. Or I actually have a video that has uh, between YouTube and Facebook, like 15 million views. People love drama. It's our number one video <laughs> viewed on the YouTube channel, uh, telling about the four restaurants that cheated me, uh, which those four, there's, there's way more than that. But those those four are places I don't intend to go back to ever. And uh, some of them are even closed. But there was a restaurant in Kamloops, uh, British Columbia, uh, like two, two and a half hours away from Vancouver. And uh, the guy basically said, oh, this guy's a professional leader. He should be able to do more. So he added like two pounds of, of salty meats to my challenge that none of the other uh, people have ever gotten. And so, uh, but yeah, no, it definitely happens. But the, the actually places that are really looking forward to having me, they're promoting and stuff like that. They're always game on, uh, on, on making sure everything goes well. Well, you would think they'd be a lot more uh, willing and able to uh, be accommodating with you because they're getting the advertising out of it. I mean, you've obviously got a really large social media presence. And, and so they're obviously going to have their name put out there and i i would imagine they wouldn't want no stank put on their name by well saying, it's long term you know. versus short term really i mean in the short term they're able to say oh we beat randy santel or or something like that like there's a uh, there's a, a pho challenge down in atlanta georgia that added a couple extra pounds of noodles on me and the cooks were all celebrating and stuff when i finally gave up uh i mean yeah they were excited for the day but when I go back to do that video, they're probably not going to like it. Now, they got a fun challenge. But, but, but I didn't include them in the restaurant screwed me video because I don't want to burn the bridge. Right. Like, if, if, I, if I get all nasty and, 
and do something to, to I guess, put a bad taste in their mouth or, or get some of our subscribers to, to give them bad fake reviews and stuff like that. I mean, I'm basically signing up for food poisoning or ghost peppers <laughs> or more salt or more noodles or something to screw myself over when I want to go back. And I'm okay with losing challenges that I, that I'm not really good enough to win. Uh, but I hate losing the ones that I know on a good day, if it was made right, I could have won. So all, all of those I, I want to go back and do once I'm actually like 250 pounds, uh, way less than I am now, uh, kind of in my dietitian ready shape, I'm going to be, I'm going to do an ego tour where I go around <laughs> to all the different restaurants, challenges I've lost. And, uh, and I'm going to go back and beat them. That's a fantastic I'll, idea. I'll have a higher capacity then. Well, yeah. yeah plus the drive. I mean, um, you know, I wanted to get your take on something also. There's, there's a, uh, something that happened in the eating challenge and competitive eating world. I'd say maybe 15, 20 years ago that I, that I noticed at the time. And, uh, it was, um, it kind of hinges on the belt of fat theory because uh, for a long yeah. time, yeah, the, I, I really want as a nutritionist and as a Very professional true. eater, I want to get your take on that because uh, for a while, eating challenges were, were dominated by just giant dudes. I mean, people yeah, like Kobayashi. You know, Eric Badlands yep. Booker and, and yeah, and then Kobayashi came along and then there were some other um, eaters that were that, that, that could, you know, if they got locked in jail, they could slide sideways through the bars. They're this big around, but they're just absolutely sort of like killing these giant dudes who would roll up to these contests because they were talking about the belt of fat theory. The idea being that if you're fat, the fat's pushing on the outside and the inside, and it's constricting your, your capacity a little bit when you're trying to get all the food down. So these skinny folks were just killing it. So I'm interested to hear just kind of from a nutritionist and an eater standpoint, what you sort of think about that whole mode of thought. Well, just taking the whole nutritionist out of it and just going from experiences, that's yeah. most definitely true. Uh, like back when I was 220 pounds and I did my very first food challenge, even without that much experience or training, I was able to crush six pounds of pizza and then eat some dinner and dessert after. So, I mean, and, and I do like back in 2015, I did an Eastern USA tour, went to 25 states and I did uh, 75 food challenges in 78 days. It was nuts. Wow. But all my bigger food challenges were all towards the beginning. When I, when I do my big, like multi-month tours, I do the bigger stuff at the beginning. And then I make sure that all of the, the food challenges towards the end are tapered down. So like when I, when I'm really feeling good, I can eat like eight or nine pounds. I've never done a full 10 pound challenge, uh, but that's also because I've been pretty overweight the past, uh, past couple years just from doing all, so many food challenges so many restaurants wanting us to come and stuff like that but yeah no i definitely noticed the difference of, of feeling better uh because yeah just like you said when you have a whole lot of weight or, or fat around your midsection all that blubber is just kind of keeping your stomach from being able to to shift around with all your other yeah. organs so you can fit more food in it and so that's one of the things there was a a, a little theme uh, there's a couple just, I mean, even my girlfriend, Katina, she's five foot two, uh, very small. Like I'm like three times the size of her right now. But, uh, and there was another girl named Stephanie Torres, um, which they had her on a couple different like food network shows and travel channel. Cause she's like this five foot nothing. Uh, you look at her and you're like, Oh no, you can't eat that. But then they would put her against like four, 325, 350 pound guys. And she would crush them all. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's because without all that fat around your midsection, 
your stomach's able to, I mean, if you're genetically inclined and trained, you're able to, to shift everything around and fit more in you. Yeah, I've seen these mukbang videos with these tiny little Korean girls who can't weigh 100 pounds and they got a, yep. a, a spread of food in front of them that looks like it could feed three dudes our size. Yeah, some of, the, some of those Asians take it are down. Nice. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. I, I keep getting this this thought process in my head, like I want to try something again, you know. Like if I were to try it again, what would I do? I mean, because I already know that a pizza will kick my ass. I already know that a uh, uh, a hot dog the size of tommy lee's you know unit yeah. <laughs> will, will sink me so uh I, I keep thinking and now the only other one that i could think of locally well, three that pounds I, of tater tots is a lot too so yeah i didn't i barely Potatoes even touched starch. the tater tots it was the chili that got me i don't know why but maybe because of the salt but um but there's a there's the super bowl challenge in seattle i'm not entirely sure remembering which restaurant it was it's like a a three is pound bowl wrap? of pho. it might be it's 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 just massive bowl of pho, and I wonder how well because I can drink a lot of liquids. I, I usually I, I'm I'm crushing water all day, so that's not because I mean I drive for a living, so all I really can do while I work is is drink, and so I drink a lot. My bladder's trained to uh, be mostly accepting of that, so I wonder how I would do with a pho challenge that's mostly liquid. And uh, like are, are, you've done a lot of these before, so. Uh, what's your take on uh, the really liquidy ones? Are those different or? Well, really, a lot of those, uh, I mean, some of them, and, and most of them nowadays require all the liquids, but there's every now and then a FUD challenge that doesn't require the liquids. Oh, so you're, you're so, mostly just focused on the noodles and the meats and everything else. In, and in those cases, yeah. But I, I've done both either way, where even if I don't have to finish the broth, I still will try to just because the subscribers like whenever I try to leave, no doubt, I call it. And but, yeah, broth no, with, those, with those, you just have to make sure you don't drink a whole lot of extra liquids. Uh, but yeah. like there's a, a cereal challenge in Las Vegas where they want you to eat this crazy amount of cereal and then have a gallon of milk along with it. So, yeah, no, liquids definitely comes into play. Uh, and, and I'm guilty of drinking too many unnecessary liquids sometimes uh, <laughs> trying to get the food down faster. So. No, it's uh, and that's one of the things like I talked about with strategy earlier is you definitely have to think about that because I mean, and that's one of the things too is 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 uh, I mean burritos. It's pretty easy to throw an extra scoop of rice in there with yeah. pho and ramen. It's pretty easy to throw a couple extra noodles in there. Or if it's I'm not gonna throw potatoes in it for you. I've done a couple pho challenges that weren't really pho challenges. They were almost pasta challenges because there were so many noodles that it sopped up all the broth. Oof. And That'd so I was basically rough. eating it like spaghetti. Do you almost have to drink the broth first just to kind of get it out of the way so the noodles don't soak it up? Oof. Yeah, yeah. It all depends, too, because, I mean, it depends on the rules of the restaurant because some will let you add ice just to cool it down faster. Uh, in Bellevue, Washington, there's a ramen place that uh, doesn't really let you cool it down. And there's not that long of a time limit either. So you got to let yourself just get burnt a little bit uh in order to start <laughs> see and that's where i think i'd have a, a little bit of an advantage i have a, a dental appliance on the top of my uh my mouth up there and, and so it covers a large part of the palate the soft palate on the top of my uh my mouth and so you better with ice cream then right so, uh, sometimes you get i have phase? no i get <laughs> lactose intolerant and so 
I do too much ice cream. Not and taking I, advantage I was, of it. I was telling Jimmy earlier, it's like, ah, oh, my wife brought me a blizzard last night, and of course I'm going to have a blizzard. I love blizzards, and, and I was kind of feeling cruddy this morning. It's like, well, I know why. I know why. I can't blame anyone <laughs> but myself. So I, I watch well, you guys. Some people like that with cheese is they'll eat cheese knowing that it's going to be a rough night or something like that. That's the messed up part is cheese doesn't get me. I've never had that because of cheese, but it's only because of like milk or ice cream or anything like that. And so I see you guys doing these big old ice cream challenges. I'm like, shit, that looks good. I, I know that would in kill about me. Seconds. No, it would freaking. I would have between the brain freeze and the lactose intolerance. I, I imagine I'd be probably dead. push it down. I'd be done. So. You mentioned that after this next run of uh, challenges, uh, you're taking, you said, 15 weeks off to lose 100 pounds, which to anybody who's not really that steeped in nutrition science, and again, you've forgotten more about that than I'll ever know, um, What can you describe what it's like to, uh, to to just go on like a challenge tour and then just take on all this food and then just take a break? What's your process for losing that much weight in that amount of time? Well, one of the big things is, is, and you kind of alluded to it too, like you talked about how you lose a lot uh, starting off and then you start to plateau. That's kind yeah. of in dietetics or, or the science, I guess, world. they kind of call it the set point theory, where your body has a, a weight or, or a size that it really wants to be. And if it's over it, your metabolism will speed up a little bit. And if it's under it, it'll slow it down, trying yeah. to get to where it wants to be. My body does not want to be as high as it is right now. So, I mean, those first couple of weeks, I'm going to have massive losses. And one of the things, too, is is number one of the big things that's going to help me, and not that it's necessary, I could do it without her, but Katina has a degree in kinesiology. Uh, yeah. And then she, she's one of the things we first bonded over was uh, she's actually competed in, in women's bodybuilding competitions. I did the transformation contest. She's actually done uh, judged competitions and stuff. So, uh, and then she's five foot two. You burn a lot fewer calories when you're five foot two compared mm -hmm. to when you're six foot five. So having her around <laughs> as kind of motivational will be helpful. But uh, just next to me, we have our uh, our workout dungeon. I'm big into cycling. <laughs> So I've always I've always felt that cycling is uh, at least the past couple of years it's like the most efficient way of being able to burn a lot of calories. I mean, like doing a, a good hard long ride for like three hours uh, while watching movies, listening to podcasts, and stuff like that. That cardio burns a lot of calories, so that is going to help uh, in addition to lifting and stuff like that. And then I'll be doing my dietetic internship that will uh, be surrounded by nutrition and stuff like that. So I'll be around it all the time. And also knowing that people don't willingly listen to, to people that don't look the part. It's like having a personal trainer that's like 350 pounds. I mean, you're definitely not going <laughs> to want, you're not going to be willing to listen to a 350 pound registered dietitian. So um, knowing all that, and plus I'm going to be documenting it each week on the YouTube channel and Facebook page and stuff like that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look like a, my ego is going to be real cut and hurt uh, if I don't show some progress each and every week. So, so you're following uh, accountable and being your, your, uh, your, your, yes, sort of yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd be able to do it all anyway, because I'm pretty self-motivated, but just all those external factors are really going to help as well. Now here's a dumb sort of hardcore nutrition question. You mentioned that, you know, a couple hours on the bike burns a lot of calories for cardio and you're lifting at the same time. The conventional wisdom, and I'm kind of like hearing conflicting reports on this right now as I'm sort of like... Um, There's I'm, conflicting I'm about everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is there not conflicting about? That's right. a real question. 
trainers, nutritionists, dietitians, they all sort of say that it's, it's kind of hard to lose weight and gain muscle at the same time. They call it like body composition. It's possible, but you have to really have a hard time. It's, it's a difficult thing to do. So it's a very gradual like, process. Yeah, cutting weight and bulking yep, yep. up are two different hey. things for people who actually train. So you kind of got to go into, they say you got to go into a cut phase and lose. Because I have a weight set and a bike um, sort of in my workout space. But I, I've heard from a lot of people, you don't want to try and do both at the same time. You want to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight, but you got to be in a caloric surplus to gain it in terms of muscle. So I, I don't know. I've heard so many different reports on that. And I'm wondering what your, where your head is on, on that. Well, I mean, it's kind of like uh, trying to go up a mountain. I mean, you can you can go gradually straight up it, or you can go a little bit. Uh, you can zigzag at a at a less, uh, I guess, resistant pace. So, I mean, it's kind of like my journey to become a dietitian. Uh, I'm definitely zigging and zagging rather than just going straight to it. Uh, doing all this as with um, with my food challenges. And then just taking the slow process of becoming a dietitian, rather than if I wasn't doing all the food challenges and all that, I'd probably just have to pay a lot of money for advertising and, and stuff like that for everything I'm doing, which I know really doesn't correlate to what we're talking about. So sorry about that. But um, we're all about tangents around here. <laughs> I, I would, I mean, I would tend to agree. Uh, I mean, I've, I've never really tried to do both, but uh, I mean, the biggest problem for most people, and, and you guys talked about it earlier, is patience. So, I mean, it, I mean, like people losing weight, they might go four or five days without really seeing any results on the scale or anything like that and start freaking out. Oh, I'm plateauing. A plateau is not being the same weight for five days. So it's, it's really about how patient you can be, uh, not really seeing a reflection of, of weight difference or, or anything on the scale and, and stuff like that. And also, too, it's more about, yeah, really tracking yourself uh, being accountable and, and having that kind of bodybuilder uh, macro counting kind of deal, really, when you're when you're kind of getting into that. Uh, yeah. I That would take all the fun out of it for me. So, and also, too, I don't really need to, like, try to gain muscle or anything like that. Uh, it's more for me going to be keeping the muscle that I do have just so I can keep the elevated metabolism when I'm all done uh, so I can keep on eating more. But no, it's it's more going to be the caloric deficit and cutting for me. You don't uh, you don't you can't try to lose a hundred pounds and, and gain some muscle uh, in just fifteen weeks. The way I'll be going about it, it's going to be more about trimming all the fat off. That makes sense. It's well, we like uh, one of my favorite, uh, I guess, heroes from bodybuilding back in the day, Lou Ferrigno. Uh, oh, yeah. I read one of his books, and when he was like eighteen or nineteen, he was wanting to gain weight. And he gained like a hundred pounds in like six months or, or seven months, just eating tons of food. But then once he actually dieted back down and uh, got rid of all the fat that he had gained along the way, he lost a lot of the muscle too. And it was basically a gain of three pounds. Hmm. Six so all, all of that work he did the entire year was to, to gain three pounds. Not really a, not really efficient. Right. See, and I like how you tied it back, even without meaning to, you tied it back to a nerd topic. Lou Ferrigno, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, the Incredible Hulk from back in the day. So. The original Incredible Hulk, before we could rely on CGI to uh, to paint a nice, big, bulky green bodysuit on the outside of Mark Ruffalo. That's well, funny, also, though, too. That's a good yeah. question for you, Jim. Not yeah. to, uh, not to, we'll, we'll go back to that, 
because uh, uh, I people if people are into comics, we actually have a comic uh, called Atlas Rising. Uh, we're working on our third edition now. But would you say uh, what are your thoughts on traffic? Would you rather sit in traffic for five minutes, or no? Would you rather sit in traffic for twenty minutes, or would you go all of the? Would you rather take twenty minutes and actually be driving, doing all the side roads to get around the traffic? Yeah. See, I definitely have an adventurous spirit. So even within the context of the metaphor, um, as long as you're making progress, no matter how slow it is, as long as you're moving forward and, and get, make, getting closer to your goal, then that definitely beats uh, jamming it in gridlock. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, do you want, do you want to take the slow, slow, slow and steady pace ahead? Or would you rather see a lot of progress uh, no matter what you're wanting to do of, uh, of getting to the end goal? Yeah, the thing that really helped me, too, is, is just, you know, a lot of it is mindset. And I know that that's kind of a cheesy thing to say because a lot of people are like, well, if you could think yourself into shape, nobody would have to work out. But the, the clinic I'm working with right now has a, uh, a poster on the wall that said, yeah, losing weight is hard, but being fat is hard. You just got to pick your hard. Yeah. It's up to you. Well, and really, I mean, you, you alluded it to it, but you're having the success now because you're actually committed to it. Yeah. Most of the people say they want to, but they're not really all in committed. And I go so in once a week and I have a weigh in really and yeah. And then they, they, they weigh me and they check my body fat and they, you know, we, we work with some medication. And so it's uh, yeah, that's, you know, if your following is holding you accountable uh, cause they want to see progress. Um, I have a very stern nurse that works at this clinic who, uh, you know, uh, is, is very disappointed if I, uh, if I go up or if I plateau on the scale. So it definitely gives me the motivation to, uh, to kind of get my, my act together and, and not disappoint the, the team. Yeah. Well, and plus, too, a lot of people have the temporary mindset where they think they'll just have to do it for three months and then they'll yeah. get to go back to what they want. So Now it's a lifestyle back, change. Back to the old ways. Hmm. Back to snorfing down pizza and burgers like they're going out of style. That's probably where I'm yep. at right now. Yeah, expecting to not gain the weight back. Yeah. Well, we don't want to keep you too tor- terribly long. I realize we tend to run a little bit long and we've gone a little bit a little longer bit. than we said we were going to. But, uh, no, did this you have- has been a fun conversation. Absolutely. Amen. Did you have anything you wanted to kind of promote or advertise at this point, or? Uh, not really, but you guys said that uh, you have a lot of people that are, you're into comics and stuff. We actually yeah, do sure. have an Atlas Rising comic book. Uh, it's basically. Uh, have you ever watched Over the Top? Yeah, um, the arm, the arm wrestling movie. Arm wrestling movie. Oh, no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Schwarzenegger. It was, uh, it was Sly Stallone, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. So before every arm wrestling competition, he turns his hat around and he transforms into what he calls a machine. I do the same thing with my hat, but I kind of transform into what I call Atlas. And uh, Atlas Rising is basically a fictional story of how Atlas came to be. So it's going to be a series of five comics. We're working on number three now. But if anybody's interested in checking that out, it's available through our store, uh, which everything's on randysantel.com. And if anybody wants to watch a video of ours, uh, we post them all. uh, Three new videos a week uh, in addition to... When I am touring, I'll do live streams and stuff like that, uh, just because sometimes it takes months for the actual videos to post to actually sure. fall in order, depending on how busy I am. But everything's Randy Santel, YouTube, Facebook. I've got Instagram, all that stuff. And then if you don't care about me, but you do want to try a food challenge, everything is on foodchallenges.com. There's a global database of all the food challenges we know about all over the world. Uh, there's over 100 articles with tips on how to train, strategize, dominate, and even recover. So there's some recovery challenges or articles and, and stuff for after the challenge, too. So all that's on foodchallenges.com. 
Well, yeah, definitely yeah. enjoy your time in Milwaukee doing uh, some some follow up at Mont Mary. There's uh, plenty of great food in Milwaukee, and if uh, I know the yeah, I look forward to taking the Katina hasn't been to Mater's yet, so I'm looking forward to taking uh, yeah, it. Mater's is great. Uh, Sobelman's is a place to go for burgers, and if you want to, I, I don't know if you've been to Sobelman's or not. S o b e l m a n s. They have a ridiculous. No, they have a ridiculous Bloody Mary. I'll have to send you a picture of it. It's uh, basically in a gallon bell jar, and it's got an entire fried chicken on it and then some bacon-wrapped scallops. Uh, there's there's kind of a Bloody Mary a war going on in and around Milwaukee that was started by the folks at Sobelman's to uh, kind of outdo each other on toppings. And uh, you can go to places uh, like Stenny's or Sobelman's in Milwaukee and just take on these, these ridiculous – I know liquid and, and drinking is not necessarily your wheelhouse, but some of these things are ridiculous, and they come with like you know four or five pounds of food stuck in a gallon bloody mary so the third that might part be sounds fun. good I'll, I'll do that as a team challenge with somebody <laughs> who actually likes bloody marys <laughs> there's a lot of great I'd rather do the tag me in coach i'm ready to go yeah. well i want to thank you randy for coming on the podcast it's been a lot of fun uh good to talk to you again and uh we look yeah, forward no, it's to been so many years good to chat with you again and uh appreciate yeah. you still following and uh watching the videos oh absolutely and and uh, as far as Jim and I go, we want to thank everyone else for listening to the Fuel Your Fandom podcast. If you're trying to find us on the interwebs, as we do like to remind you, you can hit us up on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash Fuel Your Fandom. If you're more inclined to send us an email, you can absolutely do that at fuelyourfandom at gmail.com. And the backup Gmail address, as always, is fyftalentbooking at gmail.com. That's where you send your show suggestions, your guest suggestions, especially if they're you, and your pie recipes, and we are serious about that last bit. And you can find us in all the fine podcast syndication platforms like Stitcher and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Player FM and Spotify and anywhere you get fine podcasts. But if you're impatient, and I know that I sometimes am, you can always find the latest and greatest episode uploaded first at fuelyourfandom.buzzsprout.com. Absolutely. And keep in mind, we are still currently running with our Fuel the Future charitable donations. Uh, the site will be up shortly. We have everything in the hands of our talented graphic designer, so I'm looking forward to seeing what that reveals. Uh, we will reveal the website for that as soon as it doesn't look like I made it on a GeoCities host page. Um, but uh, we will have all of that information up. If you're looking to donate to the Fuel the Future charitable organization that we're putting together in the effort to put reading materials and comics in the hands of the young who can't afford them you can absolutely hit us up on venmo uh, at fuel your fandom you can hit us up on paypal or cash app uh, fuel your fandom we kind of made it easy across the board if you're looking to donate that's how we do it so and if you're looking to follow up with our guest, you can catch him at randysantel.com and also foodchallenges.com. We encourage you to go there and check it out. And like Randy said, if you're a comics fan, check out Atlas Rising. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, branch out in your, your, your uh, leisure time activities and maybe take on a couple food challenges. You might surprise yourself. <laughs> and you might end up uh, with a sore jaw like I did. But uh, <laughs> from us to you, we want to thank you for listening to the Fuel Your Fandom podcast. And please do remember what we always try to remind you. Everything is fandom, and fandom is everything. Take care.